Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be talking about the wonderful film Bantu Mama, which is the Dominican Republic Oscar selection for Best International Feature this year. We are joined today by director and co-writer Yvonne Herrera and co-writer and actor Clarice Albrecht. And for, for both of you, I wanted to start by asking a little bit about the writing process, because I've heard you mention that, that part of it wasn't just about having the idea in terms of the narrative story and the characters, but narrowing down what ideas are really going to work in the film. Um, and so as you were working on the script, what was that process of putting ideas down on paper, but then also in essence looking at, does this scene really work? Do we really need this moment? And narrowing down to the choices that would work on screen best. Really yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's it's really a process. We, we usually talk a lot about it, like all the time. Mm -hmm. We are a couple, so we have plenty of time to talk about what we want to write and uh, and then do a first draft we actually we actually did a first draft that was terrible mm -hmm. but so necessary <laughs> and and this is really yeah narrowing down because like the first one was full of scenes that i wanted to perform <laughs> and scenes that even wanted to film and then from this terrible draft we narrowed down to uh a good script with actually a story the story we wanted to tell so it's really like the process like a lot of talking mm -hmm. and a first draft but like to 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 go in the way like to move forward because at some point you need something written you cannot just only be a conversation and then narrow, narrowing down and on the way understanding mm -hmm. okay this is really what we want to tell this is the story we want to tell this is where we're going. And the other the other part of that is like uh, we we always talk about making a film that is possible to shoot. Mm -hmm. We know, you know, sky's the limit. There's no limit for creativity, but actually you can be creative, but you need to be realistic. Uh, what do you have in your hands? What can you use to, to make uh, your film, which is a very expensive industry, right? Uh, so we were like narrowing down the story, but at the same time, how can we shoot this? How can we make this film with a, with a, you know, with the amount, with the finances we have for it? So that's also a very important part that people might think, uh, you know, you just write and then figure it out. I think it's good to write figuring out how you're going to do it if you want to do it, because then then you'll have a script sitting there for years and years and time passing by so we wanted to make a film that's possible to shoot I think that's such a great point is that that you make there about thinking about how you're going to film something and within the story the 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 barrio where Emma the central character ends up with these three kids is such such a character in of itself there's such vibrancy and charisma to the spaces and locations and the way that you've shot it with the camera um and so did you have a sense already location wise as you were writing the script about where you wanted that location to be and how you wanted to go into filming it so that it could enhance the idea and the way that you were telling the story totally totally starting with uh with france uh clarice um she lives in the outskirts of paris we usually go there so we know Paris, but we also know the outskirts of it. And we knew that the person, uh, the character was coming from not central Paris, but, but from the suburbs. And uh, 
seeing those buildings, knowing those places, we already started to, you know, character goes in the bus and she lives in those buildings. So we started to build that that world. And then in uh, Capotillo or in the barrio in Santo Domingo, uh, it's a place that I that I know pretty well. Uh, I actually grew up surfing in, uh, and I was going to a hood pretty much like that. Uh, this one has a river, which is uh, Capotillo has a river, but the one that I grew up going surfing have the beach. So I was in, interacting a lot with um, with the community there. So I knew I wanted to to portray their stories and to show the beauty that there is in these uh, uh, critical and hard places, right? So I knew I knew about it. Uh, always being attracted to the natural poetry that these places can have. It's not only focusing uh, on the drama that it exists there and the and the misery sometimes, but also there's like a, an authentic poetry and on the way people with their little uh, resources can prepare their houses. Even if they put a beautiful curtain in a little window but it's not painted and then it's all cement color, but then you have a beautiful uh, bluish curtain blowing, like why not focusing on that? And that's that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to focus and portray um, Capotillo and the Dominican Barrios with a beautiful aesthetic to, to represent them. I love that. And and going back to something that you were saying earlier, Clarice, about that, that initial draft and, and the idea of scenes that you wanted to play within this character, I was I was interested in your character development process for playing this role in the film, you know, with the fact that you knew exactly where you were going to be filming certain locations, you'd been working on the script. And so in essence, really just living and breathing this character in a very specific way for so long before you even stepped into the physical embodiment of who she is. I think this is uh, the what I've learned from the first draft is that okay I'm gonna separate myself you know like separate the the, the screenwriter from the actress because then you have the actress like oh yeah yes yes that's gonna be great so it's like okay let's focus on writing a good story and then you will write you will work on the acting I was more thinking about. Um, the type of acting we wanted, like the type of acting uh, I like, even like the, the 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 feel, the kind of performance we wanted for the film. So this is more what I what I had because also the character discovers everything, like her her, her life changes like mm -hmm. like that in a in a moment. So I didn't want to think a lot about it to put myself in a certain way in like in the real situation, like discovering how, where we, like uh, I didn't participate much in the location scouts just at the beginning, but then I really wanted like, once I was done with the writing and I put myself, you know, like aside to think more of uh, how I'm gonna perform mm -hmm. and then discover the location and and be more, Authentic. Yeah, authentic, yeah. yeah. I love that. And and Yvonne, I've heard you mention that that one of the challenges as a filmmaker for this that you knew going into it was the idea of working with first-time actors with some of the kids in the film. Um, and so I was interested in how you workshopped their characters with them, the idea of performance, and in essence, you know, introduce them to the world of filmmaking and performing in this way for camera. 
Yeah, so many, so many different techniques that you have to go through. You, you, you come with an idea of like, yeah, they did a great job in City of God. I'm gonna do the same, you know, like, and then you start to figure out like, oh, oh, I need a, you know, I need a year or a lifetime to make this happen, and then you just start to discover what's the best way to communicate, and also you need to help them a lot. Uh, we found these kids from. Uh, workshops that were provided by the government in, in these uh, neighborhoods. Uh, and we were there visiting with a friend that is uh, one of the teachers. So just that we can look at the kids and see who have that spark and uh, who can we identify that we wanna work with for multiple reasons. Uh, so we decided on, on, on Tina and we decided on Euris and then uh, Chulo, which is Arturo Perez. Uh, I knew him from some, some of my friends in the urban music world. And we decided to work with them. We really didn't have much time, uh, but we knew that we were going to support them, that we were going to find our ways. We, we did went to uh, rehearsals and all of that, but at the end, we didn't want to give them that much either, being uh, first-time uh, actors. We didn't want to have them the the responsibility of learning lines and learning the script by heart, you know? So we were like talking to them and we were actually taking out the scripts. We didn't want them to go and study the thing. We wanted to be more realistic as Clarice mentioned and discover and fix it on the, on the set. I love that. And, and for you then in turn, Clarice, did that change the way that you were working on a lot of these scenes knowing, okay, we're stripping away the script, you know, we're taking the essence of what the scene is, the direction of a scene, but it doesn't matter if we're playing with different lines, because then if they're throwing out something different, you're responding in a different way as well. Yeah, this is exactly how, how we did it. Uh, I was not really attached to my lines and well the good thing is that we are both the screenwriters so we can do whatever we want so <laughs> we were basically changing it like daily like even like even uh Clarice we're gonna take this out yeah, yeah perfect let's take it out oh let's change it so it was really it was really interesting it was really um, vivid like to to work like that like really like we are keep on narrowing down on set and uh, and working on how how we're gonna get the performance from the kids uh hmm. keeping you know like a uh, professional but still fun you mm -hmm. know uh, ambience on, on sets sometimes you you let them be but sometimes you, they have to you have to yeah. manipulate them <laughs> you know so just to make it even just to make it like it looks like they're playing the same role they did a great job but yes you need mm -hmm. you need to use multiple techniques yeah, no, that absolutely makes sense. And and it's it's so beautiful to watch uh, the version of, of kind of maternal care that starts to exist with Emma and the three of them throughout the film. And so both in, in the writing of the script and then when you were filming with the performers, with these kids on set, how did you kind of find what are these really small intimate moments or movements or ways that they even just sometimes quietly sit in a room with each other that really speak to that, that growing dynamic and that very paternal bond that and up existing it was actually yeah really really natural because we are kids and uh, I'm also a mom and I'm a stepmom as well so it was kind of uh it was the easiest like uh managing like uh, achieving to have that with the kids it was really the easiest those moments of intimacy because it was really like 
Um, mm -hmm. He was really tender and natural. So yeah, yeah, that was that was really natural, and and it just flowed. Yeah. And and how many of the specific kind of actions or details were things that you had come up with the idea for in the script versus what you just found very organically all together on set? like for example when we went to when we went to see the the kids we went basically to see uh the character uh, that scarlet plays tina was a boy in the and, script yeah in the script and when we saw tina we were like okay that's her Let's go She's, back. Yeah, we go back. We're gonna change that, and this character is gonna be a boy, and actually makes more, more, it's a it's a girl, and it makes more sense. We're even like like I can't believe we didn't thought about it like right yes. away. This is it happens many things like that that we find the story along the way still. I love that. And Yvonne, I also wanted to ask about how you came up with the idea of how you wanted to use the camera to tell this story, because it's very much told through the lens of Emma as a character. But then once she ends up in this environment with these kids, it really starts to expand the viewpoint and we start to really see the world from their perspective as well. Mm -hmm. We, I'm a still photographer as well. I, I like, um, street photography, I like documentary photography, and I usually shoot with a 15, uh, 50 millimeter mm -hmm. uh, attached to my camera. I rarely change the lens for many years. So the 50 mil uh, resembles more uh, like the focus of the, the human eye. Mm -hmm. And uh, we decided to shoot the film with only one lens as well. Uh, it was anamorphic uh, 60 mil, uh, millimeters and uh, just to emulate a little bit that photography that I'm used to, the way that I see the world, the way that I uh, uh, interpret um, humanity and my surroundings. So we decided to shoot the film with that lens. And uh, if the spaces are tight, the spaces are tight. We didn't want to show them wide, but also when you take the camera outside of the, uh, the house or the apartment, uh, there's a wider world out there, many, you know, with many um, landscapes and uh, urban uh, landscapes as well. So it was a decision to, to try to keep the human eye uh, watching the film. Yeah. And for you, Clarice, off the back of that, what was your relationship with the camera as you were filming? Was it helpful to, to be aware of the intimacy and, and the way that Yvonne was moving around you and your performance? Or was it something where, you know, you were just kind of going in very organically to the performance and, and knowing and trusting that he would capture whatever you were giving? That's exactly that. Really, uh, this is really something I had no doubt about that the aesthetic is going to look good. I'm a fan of his pictures, obviously, and uh, it was really organic. I don't remember really like the camera. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, I know it was there, but it was not technical. You know, it was really, we were really free. I, I don't have, you know, it's like, oh, you have this mark, you cannot move. It's like mm -hmm. you were really free to 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 be natural, to act, uh, to improvise, to to change maybe what you're supposed to film. So yeah, I was really confident with this and feeling really, really free about it. And it was, it was really organic. 
Yeah, totally. That's that's mm-hmm. the ambience we wanted to create. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, you know, calling for action. Very it's on a very yeah. It was like you know, it was next room with the with the with the video assist here, and you just called for action. Very uh, on a low uh, tone. You, it was very easy, and I can I really when she mentioned I don't remember the camera. That makes me feel like. You know, we. I think we yeah, did. Really. We uh, we achieved not to not to uh, have like a normal format of shooting where everything is very restricted. We wanted the noise of the out- outside. We, it's not about like um, uh, silence everywhere. No, no, no. Let it be. You know. And then, of course, the sound guys were they were going yeah. crazy. How are yes. we gonna, how, how are we going to edit this? But it's like. We'll see. Let's just <laughs> capture the way it is right now. So I'm very happy that uh, that we got to do the film in that way. I love I love hearing that. And you, you were both talking earlier about the importance in in writing a story that you felt like you could logistically tell on screen as well. And and one of the more complex moments is the moment where Emma has been detained. She's in the back of the car with handcuffs. And then obviously out of nowhere, there gets into an accident and then her even just coming out of the vehicle on the other side. And so from both of you, I was just interested in hearing a little bit more about how a scene like that, that's so pivotal to the narrative trajectory of this character kind of how you conceptualized it and then how you approached figuring out a lot of the logistical elements but also at the end of the day it's it's a moment that's just telling us more about this character I'll tell you I'll tell you a little bit about uh, shooting in the Dominican Republic uh, <laughs> it is true that there have been many filmings from uh, foreign productions coming to the DR in the last past uh, 10 years so the technical crew and the staff there have been really learned uh, from many experts, from many big films. And at the end, they are like your friends. So when when you start to think, okay, I want to make an accident, maybe I don't have the the funds to make it like a big accident, you know, with stunts and everything like that. How can we do it? And then we conceptualize to having this as life, unexpected and then uh, play with sounds and uh, we've, we storyboarded. I think it was the only sequence we did yeah, storyboard it because we knew we wanted to do so. Uh, we, we just discussed it with our DP, with our effects guy, and they came with all the learnings uh, from other projects and we bring it into this little scene that actually pivot the story, as you mentioned. Uh, and and yeah, we 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 like it as well. When yeah. we see people like, because uh, it's very unexpected. That, yeah. that, so when that's you, the scene we always check. We always yeah. when we are in an audience yeah. and they're watching the film, and we know that the accident is coming. We really turn We're around to like... see the audience to see if they if they jump <laughs> or if they do something. And there's always and a reaction. Yeah, and when you get sense. that reaction, yeah. you you go like, yes, it worked. <laughs> so just that's being. Great. Being creative and try to do it with possible uh, means that you have in your hands. And you're also bringing up there, you know, working with people who are friends and and it sounds like it's not just for you both about working with people that you're friends with, but finding people who really 
believe in the project that you're working on and feel very connected to it creatively. And so what's the difference that that makes for you in going into a project and the experience of making something when you really feel like every person there has a has a real connection to the material that they're working on? That's everything. That's great. Yeah, that's that's <clears throat> the dream. Yeah, that's the that's the best. That's yeah. the dream because you are all uh, you are all doing this and you want to get to the same place. And there's no uh, most of the time when it's like that, there's no limitations of like, uh, oh, we are we need to eat right now. No, no, no. We'll eat in 30 minutes. No problem. But nobody's going to uh, is going to be bothered by that. They'll be happy to shoot whatever needs to be shoot. There's no guilds. There's no unions. It's just friendship and people uh, walking in the same uh, direction. This is the dream. Uh, actually, it's very um, important for us to find our, our ways to make uh, films, not, not necessarily um, emulate those big industries because we don't have their uh, resources. So it's important to detach those big uh industry from the little ones and we can make it but we just need to think different and when you have people that are able to to think different and to uh, support you in your decisions that's the best and part of the beauty and in, in the way that you've told this story is that the things that are never said out loud feel just as important as the things that are said out loud. Um, you know, with that in mind, Clarice, I, I wanted to ask you about just kind of that that essence of giving a performance and really just trusting and allowing yourself to sit in those moments because it's not always a natural feeling and a natural instinct to allow for those moments in between the dialogue in a performance. Yeah, it was really, this is really the kind of, this is really also the kind of performance and film that I, films that I like, like when the character is very introvert. And uh, and as, as, a, as an actress, I like when you, you don't have to be so attached to dialogue, because sometimes the dialogue is like your um, safety, how do you say that, like, something that you are attached, like you're learning, and, and finally, it's, it's, it becomes like, a jail like uh, you you uh, it narrows your your vision because it's like okay I have to say that in this moment and then it was really I really appreciate that we don't need to talk too much mm -hmm. we can work really on a very and be, and you know with this lens everything is so close you can really let your your expression like you mm -hmm. can really work on your on your face and not really on what you have to say and, and the dialogue and waiting, okay, yeah, she has to say that, now I have to say that, now. oh, I didn't say it right, oh, okay, we have to do it again. Say the line, you really, you know, like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you're really free. So, and, and it's really, it's more subtle, I believe, and, and I really enjoy that. There were there were a bunch of scenes that we uh, had some lines, have some dialogues, and that when you start to listen to it over and over again, you're like, nah. let's do it again. Please say nothing. You know? Yeah, that's his yeah, that's his favorite. Yeah. Everybody on the crew. Yeah, yeah. They, they we had the sticker like, okay, that was great. Now, no talking. <laughs> that was like his, his favorite uh, sentence during I mean, filming. <laughs> yes, because you can... Uh, cinema is about feeling it. And if uh, 
you can achieve with uh, performance and and the ambience and the atmosphere and everything if you can make people feel why do you have to talk there's no need to talk there's there's no language there the language is the the emotions and the body and with that in mind how did that inform a lot of the editing process in in again just allowing yourself to trust a scene and to allow it to just sit and have the space that it needed rather than feeling like you need to move on to the next moment and just centering everything back through performance and character in the way that you have even even that i'm saying this about silence and everything when we had the first cut there was a lot of dialogues and a lot of things saying and uh, it was more the editors mm-hmm. proposing to to me, maybe she doesn't need to talk. Thank God we had it without talking as mm-hmm. well, because that's what I was saying in the shoot. I was like, now let's do it and you know just feel it. Uh, so it was a it was a great work, hand to hand with uh, with the editors as well, uh, and they made me realize a lot of stuff as well and. So, so having having people that s- support your vision, but also wanted to make a, a nice film. It's not only about a job, and I have to finish this, and you know, from A to Z, and here's your film. But instead of having lots of conversation and uh, even even giving it space, like let's okay, watch this, and let's talk in a week. Because we were we were actually we were editing during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and it was remote. So they were sending me a bunch of uh, scenes and so and segments of the film, and we had the time to watch it and then talk about it. That was good as well. But editors came out to be really great partnerships uh, partners for us in the final product. That's so so great to hear. And it's such a beautiful film in the way that you've written it, performed it, directed it, and told this story on screen. So congratulations with everything with the film. And thank you so much to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And uh, let's see, let's see where it goes now. <laughs>